Hey guys, it's Murray, host of the Community Call podcast. You don't want to miss tomorrow night's episode. We're going to talk about the South Carolina caucus and the results. Joe Biden was the big winner here in South Carolina. Also, we're going to be talking about Super Tuesday and what happened. Has Bernie won California? That's the question Murray has. He wants answer from the team members. What do you guys think? Do you think Bernie won California? Tune in tomorrow night. Check us out as we talk about all the latest political news stories that are coming out from Washington, D.C. Also, we're going to talk about the coronavirus and what's happening with that. Can the Trump administration handle such a serious case of the coronavirus that may break out across America? What a question to ask the team members as they come back and share with me here on the Community Call podcast this Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Podcast Again, I'm your host, Murray Raleigh Jr. We're back for another exciting episode of the Community Call podcast. And I'll tell you what, boy, what a week it has been already. Super Tuesday, the results, the South Carolina caucus. And guys, all the stuff that has happened in between since we came to you last. And I'll tell you what, I'm just I'm just blown away by some of the things that have been said and done since the last time we've been with you here on the show. We want to um, start out tonight's episode with the political news stories. And first off, we want to talk about the corona cases that have um, uh, passed 92,000 worldwide. The new coronavirus has now killed 3,200 people, the vast majority in mainland China. There are now over 92,000 global cases with infections in more than 70 countries and territories. The U.S. Federal Reserve slash interest rates by 0.5 percentage points in response to the the coronavirus impact on financial markets. Iran now has over 2,300 cases and 77 deaths. Around 8% of Iran's lawmakers have tested positive for the virus. Also, Biden Super Tuesday, former Vice President Joe Biden barely campaigned uh, in Super Tuesday states. He buoyed his blowout victory in South Carolina over the weekend and a slew of Democratic endorsements that followed Biden carried Texas, Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Oklahoma, and Alabama. He even won in Massachusetts, the home state of Senator Elizabeth Warren. And in Minnesota, a state carried by Senator Bernie Sanders in 2016, these these are some surprising numbers to hear. <laughs> um, I don't know what to think of it. It's just it's amazing to me that it happened. Someone who was almost dead politically has now uh, risen to this level uh, to become uh, a legitimate front runner. Even though, even though, with other news that Bernie carried California and, and Vice President Biden carried Texas. Not surprising to me at all about the South and what's going on with the South right now. And uh, with Beto O'Rourke down there in Texas, he had a really, really hand in this, I think. Also, we want to give you some bad news, guys. There's a report that Texas is rapidly reducing the number of polling sites in black and Latino communities. Uh, data shows Texas officials have quickly closed polling places in some of the most diverse, rapidly growing regions of the state. And uh, I tell you what, uh, we have shenanigans that are taking place all the time when it's election season, and uh, I'm not surprised by this, and uh, I hope you guys aren't either. Um, Also, we want to talk about Bloomberg considers, uh, reconsiders after Super Tuesday, um, a, the billionaire flopped, and, and it says who has plowed hundreds of millions into um, in his Democratic campaign. Today we'll consider his candidacy after his disappointing performance in his first test with voters. A statement from his campaign manager made two references to defeating President Donald Trump in November. Also, we have Michael's 
um, political spotlight tonight, and he's going to talk about Senator Sanders. Is he a Democrat or is he an independent? And we're waiting for Michael to let us know which which is which. <laughs> I'll tell you, I have my opinion. I'm going to hold that until we kind of get started with the discussion. But one thing I wanted to, to share with you guys um, since we come back, and we want to talk a little bit about how this thing is going to play out. And there's so much there's so much conjecture going on right now as we speak, and I I'm 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 kind of not willing to join the fray so to speak because once we get started with everybody having something to say about their particular candidate, then there's a whole lot of conjecture that goes with it. One thing that I will tell you guys. That, that is a continuing theme with what I've been seeing on social media, especially Facebook, and all these political groups. Everybody is talking about Bernie, and everybody is talking about how Bernie um, is being treated right now by the, by, the, by the establishment Democrats, which I take offense to. Um, I, I particularly don't even like the word establishment Democrats. I think that's just that's another ploy on words. Um, I never, I never wanted to accept the fact that, that there's something called uh, um, 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 mainstream Democrats, and that's not the case with me. Now, one thing that I will tell everyone about this situation is that when you hear these, when you hear these catch-all words, it does something to you in in a way that you're thinking to yourself, "Well, should I, should I not join the fray, so to speak?" Well, my my opinion is you don't have to join the fray if you don't want to. Now, the other thing that goes with with this when you start getting into some of the political bickering that goes on and who's the better candidate, who's going to do the better job, we have to – our main goal now, everyone, is to get rid of Donald Trump. That is the goal for everyone, and and to my folks – who say vote blue no matter who, yes, but we need to vote with a conscience. We need to vote and make sure that we understand that who we're voting for is going to do the best job and get things done the way the American public wants it done. Now, let's talk about the downside. To, that's the upside to it. The, up, the downside to this is the separation part where people are falling out with each other, getting upset with each other, mad with each other, not talking with each other. I ain't coming to your cookout. You not have you don't have to come to mine. I'm not coming to the you know, you got a whole lot of separation going on when it comes to politics. And so let, let's be honest. Um when these matters do happen, it's very important that you continue to have dialogue with everyone you come in contact with anyway regardless of their regardless of their political um affiliations and so that that being said choose wisely when this opportunity comes folks because when when you decide to get into a conversations with people about their political status some things they're going to say that's going to be shocking some things they're going to say with you that's going to be in line with how you think and so that's what's important, I think, in, 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 in this moment as we move forward. Okay. Now, let's talk about what happens when you join one of these political groups on Facebook. First thing, choose wisely because there's a whole bunch of them out here. Also, there's a bunch of trolls out here as well masquerading themselves as Democrats, and that's not the case. Just be careful who you decide to choose and who you decide to follow. Because what happens is you may be following somebody's rhetoric and it's not it's not what you're in line with and that's gonna have you um sidebar onto something else. Next, if you choose a political group to follow from here forward, be sure to investigate these groups because sometimes they sometimes these groups can be troll groups set up to hear what liberals have to say. So please be very careful when choosing a group. Okay, very very important thing to do. I, I, I highly recommend that before you start joining a group, okay? Next, um, the thing about being in these groups 
is understanding the rhetoric that's going to be shared coming from some of the members in these groups, so be very, very careful. Yes, I'm a moderator of two groups myself. I have one group called Point of Concern. I have another group called um, Skyshot Radio Podcast. And all together we have about 600 people in these groups. And so that says a lot about what we say. We try to we try to disseminate information to our group members that's pertinent to us and that is going to help them make the right decisions when it's time to make political decisions or have political discussions. And so we try to bring that information to you. Also, we want to um, acknowledge that some of the things that we continue to say and do um, in reference to um, getting people involved in the political process is very important. I think we we need to continue to do that. Um, the reason being is that every time every time we take on something new, um, we have to be uh, keep our guard up, so to speak, because what happens is you you get involved and then you hear the rhetoric, then you start believing this rhetoric, or you're taking on this rhetoric, and that's not the case. Please vet every group that you join from here forward as we move into as we get ready to go into the political season. Um, I think this was the, 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 this was probably the one of the most important South Carolina caucuses that we ever had in our state. Um, there was a large turnout in the state of South Carolina for the South Carolina caucus. Um, over five hundred plus thousand um, people voted in the South Carolina caucus. Yes, I would I would attribute that number to some being Republicans who voted too because we have an open caucus in South Carolina. And so um, that that being said, um, you could take away um, uh, 50 or 60 or 70,000 away from that number because most of these folks were Republicans anyway, and a lot of them cast votes for Bernie Sanders. And so um, even though Joe, Joe Biden won handedly in South Carolina, you have, to, you have to take away the fact that some of those numbers that were given – were Republican voters as well who counted the Biden the, the Biden rhetoric and the, I mean the Biden um, mission to win over the state of South Carolina because that was their mission to vote for Bernie Sanders. Now, not taking away anything from Senator Sanders, who had a stellar campaign up until this moment, and he continues to have a stellar campaign. Um, uh, but South Carolinians decided on Joe Biden. And that's who won this caucus. Now, one thing I will say, talking with talking with some folks from South Carolina, um, you hear you hear different different reasons why they voted for who they voted for. And yes, there was a large contingent of African Americans who voted for Joe Biden in the state of South Carolina. And and so I I, I am I am moved by that. I think it's great that it's happening right now. And uh, we can we can take back this house if we continue to follow the plan. And the plan is not to get into a cesspool of he said, he said during the course of this campaign. And and that's something that has to happen. And to some of my folks that support Bernie Sanders, same thing with you guys. I don't have no no hate for. The, the Sanders folks, I think we all are one Democratic family anyway, and it's time for us to come together and coalesce together anyway uh, at this moment. To the Elizabeth Warren folks, this is the opportunity for you to coalesce with either one, Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders, and I'm urging you guys to, 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 to come over to the Biden side um, because we have an opportunity to take back this White House, and and the only way we can do this is have you guys come over into over into the um, Biden Biden party, the, the Biden campaign. Now, I know that sometimes we could we we urge everyone to choose of their choice, but at this moment, I'm in, I'm encouraging everyone to move move to the middle. And let's get this done. It's very important that we get this done because of the nature of what's going on in the country right now and the mindset of people 
is also troubling at this moment. We have an administration that's not totally focused on the on the coronavirus like we want to, and we continue to have large outbreaks of the coronavirus over nine hundred and I mean ninety two thousand global cases already, and we have some cases that have broke out here in America. We already had a death in America, and that says a lot already. So I am concerned about how this administration handles handles an epidemic like the coronavirus, and so we have to be concerned with that as well. As 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 I want to also explain to those who haven't listened to this podcast, we are a very liberal podcast. We do our very best to convey our feelings on on certain matters and coming from a political perspective and we try to make sure we give everyone an opportunity to speak when we give them when we have the opportunity for them to come on and share with us um one thing one thing i will say um during the course of of our recent podcast is that we've continued continued to give everyone an opportunity to um share their feelings and, and their uh thoughts about about this uh election season now so far, so far, so good with the way things are going. Um, I think, I think that moving forward, we'll we'll find out what Elizabeth Warren is going to do. Um, I'm pretty sure she's going to choose uh, who she's going to coalesce with. If she's going to coalesce with Bernie, or she's going to coalesce with Joe. Either way, it's going to be a good decision for her. Um, one thing I will say. I'm hoping that um, the Warren campaign will coalesce with Joe because we do need um, um, progressive voices on the moderate side. Um, I'm not trying to dissuade or or sound separatist because that's what folks are going to say later. They're going to say, hey, Murray sounds separatist. No, not sounding separatist. Just being honest, um, I think it's, we have to come together as a group and, and let our voices be heard at this moment. Um, one other thing that I would like to um, encourage everyone who may be listening tonight is please share this podcast with everyone you come in contact with and uh, let them know that we're here for for them to have dialogue with us uh, here on the Community Call podcast. Also, we want to give out our number tonight, one six zero five. Five six two zero four four four. Our show ID is eight seven six seven nine three one, and our pin number is one nine five three nine five one. And you can actually join us live here on Talk Show tonight. We do have a couple of callers into the show, and we want to recognize these callers. Hello, caller. How are you? Yeah, I was. I was going to make sure I brought myself on for this one. Uh, oh, uh, wonderful! Wonderful! Wonderful. Glad to have you. Glad to have you on tonight. I have another caller. Let me bring this caller in as well. Hey, Sean. Well, 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 what do you guys think? What do you guys think? We're talking about the coronavirus just a little bit here. Um, the numbers are astounding. What do you guys think? Sean, what are you thinking? The coronavirus? Uh, honestly, this is going to show if, if mismanaged horribly, is going to explain why we need it. Why we it's going to be a um, how do I say a masterclass in why we need a um, universal health care. Because what's going to probably happen is if this ever breaks out, especially if it gets among among a community who cannot afford to go to the doctors or hospital as quickly as possible, it's going to spread like wildfire. The only reason we're doing what's contained now is it hasn't hit one of our more in need areas. That's why yeah. between this and, I mean, we've, I've actually spoken with some, I mean, one of the biggest things that we have to worry about is if you want to break this country, attack its weakest, weakest points, which is those in poverty and those in, and those who are those who can't really take care of themselves. And if the mm-hmm. coronavirus does ever breaks out, the United States is not prepared to help on that massive of a scale. It, yeah. People will be without people. And God forbid, people might die off this if it's if it spreads like wildfire, which it probably will. 
Yeah. One one thing I will say, Sean, is that I think this administration is ill prepared. They keep they keep dancing around the uh, around the solutions. Um, I understand that President Trump visited supposed to visit the CDC this week. Um, in reference to uh, uh, what's the master plan with this, I know he turned over everything to Vice President um, Pence. He's the one who heading up this 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 task force for the coronavirus for the country. Um, I am concerned because we're talking about people that have inexperience when it comes to something of these of this enormity. Um, I don't know about Mike Pence's history um, uh, as far as taking on true, true. taking on something this big. Um, um, I'm really concerned about what what's going to happen with this. Uh, I don't know how how others feel at this moment with Mike Pence being the person that's heading up this task force. And and forgive me, folks. I'm finna say something that's off the script. And I know they're going to throw God in here somewhere. Yes, we need the Lord. We do. We do. We do. But. But we need practicality as well. And to be practical is finding a solution to cure this, making sure everybody has the medication, and making sure everyone has the test. They're talking about there's going to be shortfalls with the coronavirus test. And so we need those tests available so we can make sure everyone who's tested can tell us what's going on with them. Really, 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 really important that we that we get this done. I am I am truly afraid that this administration is going to drop the football on this. Michael, what are your thoughts? You know, Larry, I'm so glad you brought up about the God factor because you know Pence and these right-wingers, especially right-wing evangelicals, are going to invoke the name of God and Jesus in this unfortunate mess and only to justify their ungodly, unchristian acts in terms of being very picky and being selective as to who gets the treatment um, to um, overcome this coronavirus and who does not. So let's not kid ourselves here. In addition, and I know I posted, I posted this on our respective group pages, that you know Trump says, is on record saying that healthy people will be fine. And I submitted this um, posting to my local newspapers, which um, right now has not published it yet. But I said, for a guy who stuffs himself, well, let me backtrack, who fills himself up with multiple Big Macs, multiple quarter pounders, and in the end of the day has told or tweeted multiple whoppers, A, what in the world does he know about being healthy? And B, how can the average American ever, ever trust in what he says? And point in case you gentlemen just brought up about health insurance, um, universal health care, because to this very date, he's been wanting to dismantle Obamacare and keeps saying he has a better plan, but has never, never, ever indicated or laid out what it was which to you and to me, I would say, that doesn't, there is no alternate plan or better plan than Obamacare. So, again, let's not kid ourselves here. We know this play is going to happen with the, with the other side when it comes to this coronavirus thing. And I'm, I'm very, very, very concerned about how they're going to play this. Um, uh, we'll see what happens. I know we're going to have a whole Can bunch I add of one more fact that's this? We, yeah, just we're gonna have a whole bunch of yeah, we're gonna have a whole bunch of GOP folks talk about what 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 should go on with this with the with the with the with their operation of of the coronavirus and I, I just I'm very very I'm like Ishan we we're, we're a country that's unprepared for this altogether and then our president who said that he wants to blame Obama for not preparing for stuff like this. There's always Trump loves to use Obama as a scapegoat for his issues. This is horrible, folks. It's horrible. Go ahead, Michael. What are your thoughts? I'm glad you said that, Maurice, because it's just leading on to what I was about to point out. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, that Trump was warned not to be messing with the funding of these various federal agencies. All right. 
there was already word of a possibility of a coronavirus epidemic that could be circulating, and the forewarning was given as early as, um, if I'm not mistaken, autumn of last year, 2019, maybe October or November. I am not quite sure, but there was a forewarning of this late last year. And what is Trump doing? He steals from the Department of Health and Human Services. He steals from one federal agency. He steals from the military um, as well, um, funding from them, all for the sake of building his immoral, his despicable, his 100% lifeless freaking wall, the wall separating Mexico and the U.S., which he falsely kept saying, Mexico was going to pay for, and we all knew that that was a lie, or using his favorite word, it was a hoax. So now yeah. he wants to get that word, he wants to get that wall up at taxpaying dollars, but yet yeah, our taxpaying dollars demanded the use for um, coverage and handling of possible epidemics to save the American people from any kind of harm. So while he's toying around with um, trying to fund for this war and anything else that suits his desires, he is willfully, knowingly, and willingly neglecting the um, American people, in fact, just throwing the American people under the bus. And as you said, Murray, he's going to turn around and falsely implicate Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, as the cause of this, which we all know is a hoax. And I'm just counting down as to when Mr. Obama will actually start speaking up and um, speaking out against Trump, either directly by mentioning his name or indirectly by the way sometimes you and I speak, that we don't have to mention names, but we all know damn well who we're talking about. You got that right. This thing, folks, we 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 have our concerns about the coronavirus, and you can tell Michael and Sean have their concerns about it. We, we're going to move on to our next bullet point, and that's going to be the, uh, the South Carolina caucus and the Super Tuesday results. And I tell you what, guys, what what a week it what a week it has been since since over the weekend we had an opportunity to vote uh, in the South Carolina primary and also. Um, watching the results come in, we found out that Joe Biden won South Carolina hands down uh, and had a major endorsement by Jim Clyburn, um, who is who is pretty much the epitome of the political status of African Americans in the state of South Carolina. Um, 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 Sean, what do you thought? What 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 are you what are you what are your thoughts on on what happened with Joe Biden in South Carolina? Honestly, um, I'm actually going to have um, I don't. Was a kind of something to be expected. He's been spending the most time there, and not only yeah. that, he had, had the highest turnout of um, African American voters above over forty-five years of age, which was which is among one of his strongest demographics. And honestly, with Super Tuesday, this is what I this is why I kept my this is why I kept my cool into Super Tuesday because I knew this would happen. It went from. The vote was uh, the moderate vote was split between four four different people. It was four split between a four split for moderates and a two split for progressives. Now mm-hmm. it's a two split for progressives. Everyone else is centered behind Biden. That's the one thing I was I was I almost I was Bernie Bernie chances of winning would have actually stayed a lot higher if Klobuchar because that well, that's what what was happening. Biden, um, Buttigieg, and Klobuchar were stifling, and as I stated beforehand, with them out of the way now, there's he has literally just one pool of people to pull from, and now Sanders has to face has to fight with Warren over the progressive votes. Yeah, yeah, really, 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 really um, um, great analogy about what happened. One thing that I will say what happened in this in this effort between uh these candidates, we knew that Kobishar and, and, and Mayor Pete were gonna pull some pull some votes because you have people who are still seeking different voices, seeking different paths, and I knew that was gonna happen, but I also knew 
at some point um, um, their siphoning off was going to be their demise as well because what ended up happening, both these people ended their presidential campaigns and then endorsed um, Joe Biden. Um, one thing about South Carolinians that I will say is we we tend to stick to we tend to stick to our guns when it comes to our candidates. We don't veer off too far. I don't think, especially adults that between the ages of forty five and up, they kind of we we kind of stay in that pathway of who we like as a candidate. Now, not saying that uh, uh, young people did not contribute to Biden's success because I'm pretty sure there were some percentages of young people who voted for Joe Biden as well, um, even though the statistics, the, yeah, the statistics may, the statistics may um, bore that out just a little bit. But one thing I will say, uh, let's 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 since we're talking about numbers, we're going to talk about the numbers anyway here. Um, I, I can tell you about my state. I have it pulled up here. Hey, folks, if you want to, you can find these numbers on Politico.com, um, and they have a live results map and everything. Um, Joe Biden carried uh, in my county, which is Aiken County, 6,765 votes. 44% of the votes in Aiken, South Carolina, were for Joe Biden. Uh, 3,100 69 for Bernie, um, which is like 22%. Um, Tom Steyer carried, carried some votes, about 2,000 votes, which was 13.2%. And then Mayor Pete carried 1,245 votes. Let's move up to Greenville, South Carolina, where there's a, a, a larger number of African Americans and, progressive, and, and young and progressive adults. Um, Joe Biden, uh, 20,628, 38.2%. Bernie, 13,364, 25%. Tom Steyer, 5,769, 10.5%. And then Mayor Pete, um, 5,684, 10.5% as well. So you had some great numbers. Let's go to the heart of South Carolina, and that would be Columbia, South Carolina, where we have a large population of African Americans. Joe Biden, 30,040, 51.9%. Uh, Bernie, 10,218, 17.7%. Tom Steyer, 7,128, 12.5%. Elizabeth Warren, 4,705 uh, votes, 8.1%. Um, there was not a vote cast for Elizabeth Warren in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, she did carry about 3,000 people, uh, 2,200, 2,300 people in um, York County, uh, which is up, up in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, Joe Biden carried 11,000 votes there up in, uh, in the upstate of South Carolina, York County, which is almost uh, nearing, nearing the North Carolina border there. Uh, let's go out to Horry County, uh, which is near the coast. Uh, uh, let's talk about Horry County. Um, Joe Biden, 13,000 um, out there. Bernie, 6,000. Um, Tom Steyer, 3,000. And Mayor Pete, uh, right around 3,000 as well. Uh, we go to Charleston, where there's a, another large population of African Americans. Charleston County, um, Joe Biden, 28,292, 44.3%. Bernie Sanders, 12,245. Uh, and Mayor Pete, 8,078. Elizabeth Warren, 6,932. 6, These are some numbers from the state of South Carolina, everyone. Between Joe Biden actually carried the entire state of South Carolina. Um, um, Bernie came in second, and every county you can it, you can tell how this went. Um, and I tell you one thing, um, this is this is probably pretty much how it's going to break down across the country when it's time for the presidential election. I, I have a feeling that it's going to come down to this. I was in a very, a very interesting discussion this afternoon 
um, with um, with someone very significant in my life, and they also said the same thing. It's going to boil down to who gets out, the, who gets, who has the greatest ground game, and who has the money. So far, uh, the person who has the money is Mike Bloomberg, who is who is the biggest loser right now. Uh, after after he contributed so much to the campaign, um, and he's not able to do anything else. Michael, Michael, let's talk about Michael. What are you, what are your feelings? Well, can't say this wasn't possible, you know. And he did contribute a lot into his um, campaign. An enormous amount of ads that were popping up on television. And they were pretty good television commercial ads for his campaign. But I will remind everybody of what else he said, because he didn't take this for granted. And then, of course, uh, the issues regarding stop and frisk and other unresolved issues kept coming up during the campaign, some of which I had forgotten about or was not aware of, you know, I'm a New Yorker, but I'm not perfect. Let's get that straight. But um, he did say that if he was not the nominee, then he would throw his support behind whoever the nominee is or who looks like to be the nominee. So he could very well throw his support to Joe Biden. He may very well throw his support to Bernie Sanders. And um, he may confer, uh, this is just a guess on my part, he may confer with the other previous candidates that have dropped out and who already endorsed um, Joe Biden, namely Klobuchar and Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And he may be um, looking at the same issues um, regarding Biden and regarding especially um, Bernie. And yeah. You know, you and I, Murray, have been down the road in terms of our concerns for Bernie. And I'll just leave it to you to um, let me know when you want me to remind the audience and everybody about those issues. Oh, yeah, we had our we had our uh, long storied history about Bernie Sanders, and we're going to save that segment for your political spotlight here tonight. Uh, uh, Sean, we want to talk a little bit about uh, about how do you feel about how things went down. Joe Biden won ten of these states. Bernie Bernie only won four of the uh, of the states for Super Tuesday. He did carry California, and that that was the biggest prize of the night. Carrying California, uh, thirty three point six percent of for votes for. For Senator Sanders in California, um, I, I, you know what? This could have this could have went either way here because you have Elizabeth Warren, who was pulling numbers from both of these guys, um, well above about twelve and a half percent in certain areas. I want to say uh, the first three states: Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee. Let's see, Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas. Ten percent from ten percent of the votes went to Elizabeth Warren in these four states. Also, if we jump down further, uh, Minnesota, Maine, and then her home state, she car- she almost carried, but she didn't carry. Uh, Joe Biden carried her home state, and so it, this lets me know that people are still trying to decide what they're going to do. And also, this also lets me know that our progressive wing of the party still wants a voice that represents them. And so that's the big deal with this. Sean, how do you feel about this? Bernie, Bernie Vermont, 50%. Colorado, 36.1%. Utah, 34.6%. And then California, 33.6%. And so these are, this, these are the numbers. How do you feel? Honestly, as I said before, it, I kind of expected Super Tuesday to be rough. That's why I held my tongue until then because I knew that, A, everyone's going to start to break all the as, – as numbers drop, the things are going to get a little bit tougher. One of Sanders' greatest points is he has a strong base, but expansion is hard. And then the thing that yep. really bit me today was 
Super Tuesday was horribly low for the young voter. I mean, right. it's kind of hard for you to use your greatest strength when, you know, they don't show. It kind of frustrates me as, I mean, I did the best I could in Virginia, but uh, that's kind of the struggle with um, getting the young voter out. I mean, hopefully that – I can sympathize with you. I can sympathize with you, Sean, because it's difficult to just get folks to vote, period. And when you're having conversations, and and folks, we want to we we're gonna we're gonna we want to encourage everyone to do this. Please, when it's time to have this conversation with with young voters, explain to them the history of why they should vote, because a lot of them don't understand the, the reason why it's necessary for them to vote, because they feel like it's not impactful right in their lives right away, and that's not the case. Folks need to understand that it's very important that they cast a ballot for the person of their choice. And and I'm not knocking who you choose, but at least you you exercise your right to vote. Not voting is a yes vote for the other guy. Okay? If you don't vote, it's a yes, it's a yes for the other guy, okay? And that's the that's the mantra that I use with people. If you don't vote, that means the guy that we have now, you agree with, okay? And that that's a big deal for for anyone who's 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 talking to young folks these days. Me, I come in contact with young folks all the time, and I try to emphasize the importance of voting, and emphasize the importance of being a part of the political process at, at necessary times. Now, I'm, can I'm I with add you, to that, Murray? Yes, go ahead, Michael. That how important it is to vote because just as uh, Sean was saying that the low turnout of young people, we got to remember also that there are plenty of young people, those in their late teens, early 20s, that are away at college and they're dorming outside of their residential homes, their community homes, and thus it's very important for these um, young men and women, as well as mm-hmm. having to sit down with their parents and explore with your local representatives, those you, you can entrust, as to how to go about um, this voting process. Do you have to be registered as to where your actual home is, or are you to be registered as to where you're dorming? That is a very tricky, tricky um situation and issue as to which way do you go you always want it to do things the correct way and so i think that is a very um, highly determining factor as to how to get our young people to vote if you're you know you got to take these things into consideration ladies and gentlemen those that want to go away for college you don't want to go away too far and then you can't exercise your um, fundamental civic duties to get out to vote. And then you wonder exactly. why the other person gets in and then screws you out of a proper education, proper health care, anything and everything you would need, especially if you are away from home and far away from your parents and then your parents are long distance. They can't just hop in the car and come and help you. Exactly. And that makes a big difference when it's time to, you know, cast a ballot. That's why I'm encouraging everyone, if you can't if you can't um um be be in a place where you can cast your ballot, please get an absentee ballot and use your absentee ballot as 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 a means of voting. One thing I want to share my experience um with everyone tonight is in regards to South Carolina and the new voting machines. I wanted to touch on this. We have new voting machines in South Carolina with a paper ballot. Now one thing that one thing that I will say, guys, um, with the new with the newer machines, you get to choose your candidate. Um, they give you a, a paper slip. You insert it into the voting machine. You choose the person of of who you're voting for. Um, it prints out the name on a on a piece of paper. It has a skew. You walk over. You put your slip into the reader, and it reads who you vote for. So now we have an actual piece of paper that we're putting inside these that we're putting in a machine that's going over to a a tabulator. So it's very it seems to me it's very secure. 
it, um, our, we were in and out in, in less than five minutes. I can tell you that right away. Um, one thing, one thing about moving over to to the newer machines is that the quickness of it um, uh, and how things go um, either way. What I'm concerned with are they tamper-proof. Do we have to worry about incursion from foreign entities and all kind of stuff like that? But from what I what I witnessed on on Saturday, guys, very 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 thorough, very fast, didn't have any issues at all voting. So, folks, um, if you're in a state where there's new voting machines, please go to your vote voting commission or people that are involved in the voting process. Speak with them. Let them give you a demonstration of how to vote. If you don't know how to vote with the newer machines, please do that as well. And, and to my young people, please, please be encouraged. Go out and vote. Let your voice be heard. Choose a candidate. If if uh, whatever that candidate represents, and it's something that that strikes you, then that's the candidate you support. Okay, that there doesn't need to be arm wringing or nothing like that when it comes to casting a ballot for for, for a particular candidate. My thing is, do your homework, find out the reasons why you want to, why you support in a person for this. Um, Folks, we are listening to the community. We are we are listening to the community call podcast tonight with Michael and Eshawn, and we want to thank them for being a part of the show. Um, Sean, I wanted to just share some numbers about Virginia. We're going to go to some ma- major areas in Virginia. First, let's go to Alexandra. Uh, yeah. Joe Biden, Alexandra, boy, Alexandra. We had a major, major mess. A lot of folks voted in Alexandra, Virginia. Twenty thousand Joe Biden. Almost 50% of the vote in, in Alexandra. Uh, Bernie Sanders in Alexandra, uh, 7,500 votes in Alexandra, and that's in the city of Alexandra. Let's let's talk about Fairfax County. That's outside of that's outside of the city limits. 57,085 for Bernie uh, in Fairfax County. Joe Biden, 121,000 almost 50% of the vote in Fairfax County. Let's move up a little bit more. Bloomberg and Warren siphon off some of these some of these folks, okay? Some of these votes. Uh 29,000 for Warren, uh 28,000 for Bloomberg, and that was in Fairfax County. Um uh 8,000 in Alexandria. Uh 4,200 in Alexander for Bloomberg. Uh, let's move out to Loudoun County, um, 36,000 for Biden. Uh, Bernie, 18,087. Uh, let's drop to Richmond, the city of Richmond, uh, which is 24,000 for Biden, 18,995 for Bernie. Uh, almost uh, 7,500 votes for Elizabeth Warren, about 5,400 votes for Mike Bloomberg. Uh, these these numbers are not surprising to me at all because these are areas where there's bunches and bunches of African Americans. Uh, Roanoke, Roanoke, the Roanoke area, which is out in the rural side of Virginia. Uh, let's uh, Salem City. Let's see what Salem City has. Salem City, 1,312, uh, 50% for Joe Biden. Bernie, 688, 26% of the vote. Bloomberg and Warren, uh, each uh, close to 275 for Warren and 238 for Bloomberg. These are interesting numbers coming from Virginia. John, what are you thinking when you hear these numbers, sir? It's not too surprising. I mean, it's kind of the same thing where I was, where I'm at near um, near Danville. Um, it's Danville. Danville is out. How far from uh, Alexandra? Uh, it's on all the way near North Carolina. Up near North like Carolina. That. So let me go back. Danville will be down by uh, Halifax County. County. Are you yeah. saying Halifax County? Yeah, Halifax County. Halifax County, Joe Biden, 2,324, almost 80, 73% of the vote there. Bernie, 4, Bernie, 
465. Honestly, I'm not even surprised. Because at that point, when I, when I went out to vote, at first, the biggest thing was there was so few. The second mm-hmm. thing was, outside of the group of people I picked up, you know, age-wise, right. it was, like I'll say, out of, there was about at least five five older people for every one of us. And wow. I was about 20. Wow. Wow. And see, there's a, folks, you're listening to this. This is what's happening on the ground. This is what's happening on the ground right now where there's, where there's choice. Uh, how we choose here uh, to to participate, and 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 hats off to you, um, Sean, for getting folks to come out vote and encouraging young folks to vote. Um, I I know it, it it takes a lot of work to persuade people to vote, and and get folks to come just just to get up on a weekend or a weekday to go out and cast a vote for their for the candidate of their choice, and uh, I know it's very difficult to do, but uh, the numbers speak volumes to me. Um, where you have heavy concentrations of African Americans, Joe Biden carried. Um, Bernie was Bernie was running second with that. Um, this also lets me know that there's still a, there's still some of that appeal for a moderate Democrat like Joe Biden. Um, people feel comfortable with him. They know they know the history of Joe Biden, and so that's why these numbers are boarding out the way they do. Uh, let's go to New York State, which New York State has not voted yet. Uh, let's jump down here. Michael, I'm going to give folks, we're going to New York, where Michael is uh, home to. I've been to pull up the numbers for New York. Uh, the New York primary hasn't taken place, folks. Um, this primary won't take place until April 28th, and so we'll know what the numbers will say about New York. Also, uh, the New York primaries and other races voting for the House. You have Republicans and Democrats on June 23rd, and it's going to be in about four months. So we have a couple of months to wait before we can what's going on in New York State right now. And, uh, I mean, and Michael, you want to encourage everyone in New York to come out and vote, right, sir? 100% absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so give me your spiel, my man. You know you can do it. Come on, let's go. Talk to the people. Let's tell them why they should why they should get out there to vote. I've been talking to them for the past several months here in my, in my residential community building um, near my church. I have to be careful. I can't actually do it in the church, especially where you do have a mixed congregation of some liberals and even conservatives, you know. Right, right. So right. got to be careful with that part. But nonetheless, the message is to get out and vote and remind people to vote. It's, and I can tell you already, Marie, that there are many people that I've spoken to, they're very highly energetic to vote. And yeah. some of them, they, yeah. and I come across those that say, yeah, but, you know, if I vote, I'm just doing the exercise because your vote doesn't count. I said, I don't ever want to hear that. You get out there and you do um, cast your vote because it's going on record. And if people don't count the votes, then they're the ones committing the crime. You never, ever give them the handout or an excuse to not count your votes. And if you don't right. vote, then, of course, your vote's not going to count. So I try to uplift them and encourage them and to remember what in the world is at stake here and remind people of the triumphs that we have done ever since you-know-who took the White House in 2016. Look at the wonderful things that we've done in 2018, and we got back the House, and not just by a thin margin, but by a considerable whopping landslide. I mean, a sla- uh, absolute slam dunk, and I'm I'm hoping that we can pick up some Senate seats. That's that's my I, I am I am really hoping. I was going to lead that, into that, Murray. I was going to lead into go ahead, that. Because, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Remember 2019 also. How many governorships have flipped to Democrats and right. um, picking up more of the state assembly seats and House seats and perhaps state Senate seats. Flipping towards um, flipping blue, and then now 2020, 
It's not just the presidency that's up for grabs, which we have to get back, but also the Senate to try to cleanse it from this horrible disease called Trumpism, the the radical right-wing hate-mongering people of bigots and sexist people that is plaguing this nation and those that want to aid and abet a criminal named Donald J. Trump. We've seen that in the impeach at the so-called impeachment trial because that was no doggone trial. That was of just a wasn't. massive cover-up and uh, yes. the criminal. So this, with that this, said, this, ladies and gentlemen, let me just remind everyone, it's up to 24 GOP Senate seats that are vulnerable, that all of which can flip. But remind you that as much as just three or four seats are needed to flip control back to the Senate from the Republicans. Think about yep. those numbers and the ratio, ladies and gentlemen. We just need to flip three or four of 24 GOP Senate seats. But of course, you want to flip more to send a message. I can't say hallelujah because it's um, Lent, but by all means, send that message because there is a common denominator that's been going on, a common thread during the past two or three elections. And that is not only as what we call it a blue wave, but that blue wave means something. And what is that? A referendum against Donald Trump and company. And we want to put it in company. You can put the GOP in Congress in both houses, in both chambers, in their despicable behavior and covering up for Trump. You can add also the evangelicals that have been covering up for Trump and been aiding and abetting him. You can also add the punditry from the Fox News and all these other right-wing hate mongers, especially one notably Rush Limbaugh. I'm not even going to get into his health issue. Yeah, right. Best, but, but ain't going to excuse him for all the injustices that he said and done and acting in concert. We know how to speak the truth here, ladies and gentlemen. And these are things that, yeah, sometimes we repeat them. Sometimes we remind you, but then that's the whole thing, reminding you of what's at stake here because those people would love for us to forget about it. All the time, all the time. Hey, folks, again, you're listening to the Community Call podcast. We're on with Michael and John tonight. We want to thank them for being a part of the show. Also, we want to, Michael, you did such a good job. I'm I'm just going to let this stand as your political spotlight tonight. Oh, my goodness. What one. Thank you so much for that. Guys, we want to continue to uh, educate folks and the reasons why it's important to follow what Michael is saying. We need to follow that to the letter. We only need four seats to flip the Senate, but it will be nice to let everybody know that there's going to be a tidal wave. We're going to, we're going to fill up the Senate with every, every seat with Democratic um, senators. One thing that I'm very, very focused on is that we need to make sure that we get out to vote because the president will choose another Supreme Court justice. We have um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who has, is reaching an age limit. Uh, I mean, far as age-wise, I know folks are going to say, why did Murray say age limit? Well, she's at that point in her life. Come on, let's be honest. We all got to go one day. So the next president is going to choose another Supreme Court justice. Also, we have to be mindful of what laws are going to be enacted by the next president as well. And so there's some considerable things that we need to be concerned with, everyone. We have to be uh, as we move forward. I want to, before we go tonight, um, um, we want to uh, make a a couple of announcements. One is that uh, we have an opportunity for um, special guests to come on the show, whether they're political guests or uh, guests of of any any dynamic, you have an opportunity to be a, a special guest here on the show. You can email us at skyshotradiopodcast at gmail.com or inbox me on Facebook Messenger. That means you have to become friends with me in order to, to become a special guest here on the show. 
Also, we want to encourage everyone, you can find the podcast on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Spreaker. You can find us on all of these on all of these wonderful podcast networks where you can hear this wonderful podcast. We want to thank Michael and Sean for being a part of the show tonight. Guys, what a great show we had. Uh, we're not done, guys. We're going to be coming back again and, and, and sharing some things uh, as we move forward in the election season. We have some great races coming up. We have Georgia coming up very soon, New York coming up soon. We have some other, let's hope, that uh, uh, these folks can come together and decide who's going to be the nominee. I think we have a feeling who it's going to be, but we'll only time will tell as as we 